The Nourish and Shine podcast is provided for educational and informational purposes only, and it is not medical, mental health, or healthcare advice. The information presented here is not intended to diagnose, treat, heal, cure, or prevent any illness, medical condition, or mental or emotional condition. Please make sure you consult with a trusted healthcare professional before you make any changes. Welcome to Nourish and Shine, where I talk with passionate leaders in the fields of nutrition, functional and integrative medicine, and wellness, providing inspiration and practical advice to nourish your mind, body, and spirit, optimize your health, and live a whole vibrant life starting now. Today, I'm talking with Lane Lyon. She's a lawyer, business protector for women entrepreneurs, and creator of the Legal Umbrella Method. She helps women entrepreneurs get the right legal structures and contracts in place so that they can easily and completely protect themselves, their work, and their business. Today, we're talking about Lane's personal story and her journey into this work, as well as how having these things in place helps uplevel your business and attract the clients that you're hoping to attract by putting out that positive energy into the world. Also, by having these contracts and the legal protections in place, you can sleep a little easier at night, which was really important to me. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please leave me a ratings or review on iTunes. Welcome to Nourish and Shine. Today, I'm talking with Lane Lyons. She's a lawyer and business protector for women entrepreneurs. Today, we're going to talk about legal protections. But before we do that, I'd love for Lane to introduce herself. Hey, Amy, and hey, all the listeners. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, so thank you. Um, As Amy said, I am a lawyer and a business protector for women entrepreneurs. I am also the creator of the Legal Umbrella Method. So what does that mean? That means that I help women entrepreneurs get the right legal structures and contracts in place so you can easily and completely protect yourself, your work, and your businesses. How did I get here? (laughs) (laughs) One of these stories with lots of twists and turns, so buckle your seatbelt and I'll let you know. Um, I have been a lawyer for 25 years. I graduated from Duke Law School in the mid-90s. And when I first got out of law school, when I first graduated, I started working at the district attorney's office, prosecuting crimes. And I was immediately assigned to a division called, at the time it was called sex crimes. It's now called special victims. So that means that most of the cases that I was prosecuting, the victims were some women, but mostly children who had been abused one way or the other, mostly sexual abuse. And that's a pretty heavy job for, I was 25 when I first graduated. That's a pretty heavy job. And those victims, those incredible brave children and some women were, became my whole, my whole world. I took that job very, very seriously. You know, these were people who had been really kind of tossed out by society and had been given an unfair start to life. You know, some of these kids were six, seven, eight, ten years old and were themselves turning to a life that was um, clear that they felt that they had been really shut out by society. So I took it upon myself to make sure that the buck would stop with me. And that meant that I advocated with everything that I had 
for the cases that I was working. And how that translated into my life was I slept never. You know, some nights I would be up working on a case until two, three o'clock in the morning, and I would be back at the courthouse by eight. So I look back at those years and I think, when did I sleep? Right? I ate nothing, right? I didn't, well, I ate, I ate nothing nourishing, <laughs> let's say. So I grabbed whatever was out of the food trucks in front of the courthouse, you know, and this is in the 90s, long before the days of cool food trucks with tacos and things. This was just whatever was on the street quickly. I would grab food. I slept never. I ate nothing nourishing. And the stress of keeping all of those clients on top of me and keeping all of that information running and making sure that everything was handled adequately and that those victims saw justice was really stressful for me. Eventually, as you can imagine, that all caught up with me. Um, well, I went into private practice for many years and working with those same, that same segment of society, but without the confines and restrictions and limitations that working for the government have. So on my own, I was able to sleep even less, work, <laughs> work even more, and uh, drive myself eventually into the ground. And unfortunately, I caused myself serious burnout by working so hard and being in the court every single day. And I ended up in very sick. Uh, my immune system shut down with a disease that doctors called fatigue. They said my immune system became fatigued. And I ended up in a wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair, without the use of my arms or my legs. And 13 doctors said I would never walk again. Two of them told my husband to prepare for me not being here next year, which you can imagine was a huge... Um, upsetting, to say the least, uh, piece of the journey. And what happened was I had to stop, completely stop working. And I turned all of that fierce protectiveness that I had used for all of those kids for so many years on myself. I realized that I had to protect my own self at this point. I had to figure out what was wrong. I went down the road originally of conventional medicine, and that only served to make me sicker and sicker. Uh, the drugs that I was prescribed and the uh, chemical therapies that I was on really just added to that toxic, toxic load that I was carrying and to all of the things that had made me sick. So I just was getting sicker and sicker. My husband and I went on an eight-year healing quest all around the globe. We, I spent couple of months in a hospital in Switzerland. I spent a month in a hospital in Mexico. I did a juice fast for 18 months. That means I drank nothing but juice for 18 months. I did daily B venom injections and I did 500 IVs to myself in one year. My husband learned to put in a line and I was able to do uh, home IVs with all of the remedies from the hospital in Switzerland. Uh, what else? I drank turmeric mud, which Amy is as disgusting as it sounds. It was literally mud that had made been made from turmeric. It was gritty with pieces of rocks in it. It was the worst. Oh and my nothing, God. None, none of that stuff ended up making a difference. I, eventually, I started going to a hospital in Scottsdale, Arizona. That was an adjunct of the hospital in Switzerland. And started to find some remedies there, some really alternative way out there things. And those things started to make a big difference. But what I found 
made the biggest difference for me that I could control was what I ate. So eating nourishing foods and really learning the power of the medicinal power of food, that ability to make choices 21 times a week, seven days a week, three times a day of what food I was eating was to me one of the biggest needle movers in that whole health journey. So as soon as I got up and out of my wheelchair and started walking again, and by the way, Amy, you know this, but for our listeners, I'm an avid hiker. I spent last winter in Ecuador climbing the highest mountains in the Andes that there are. So they just don't know who's going to walk and who's not going to walk again. But one of the biggest needle movers to getting there was food. So when I got well again, I wanted to share with other people what I had learned about food and the power of food. So I went back to school and I got a certification as a nutritionist and a health coach. And I started coaching women how to increase their energy. All of the very, just the very same things that I had done with myself, taught them how to sleep better, taught them how to turn off some of that stress, and most importantly, what to eat to increase their energy. And I actually earned the nickname Energy Magician, which was great from one of my, from one, from, from one of my clients. And there I was coaching women, really seeing results, loving what I was doing, and just on the top of my game. And then I got an offer from another coach to enter into a collaboration, a sort of a partnership. And even though I knew better, dun, 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 I proceeded with no written agreement. In, insert gasp. <gasps> and yes, you can imagine the unthinkable happened and I was double-crossed and she took all of the content that we had created over almost a year together and all of the money that we had both invested. And because I had no written document to guide how things were going to go, no written document to protect myself and my work and my money and my hard investments, I lost everything. But instead of getting angry, I mean, I guess I got a little angry, but what I did was I sat down, I used all of that emotion that I was feeling and I sat down the very night that it became clear that things were definitely going down the drain and I was not going to be able to solve them. I sat down at my laptop that very night and I started drafting the contracts and agreements that I wished I would have had with her, the things that would have protected myself. And over the following weeks, I started just chatting with people in my circle. I have a big network of coaches that I'm connected with. And we started just chatting about what had happened. And I got a couple of requests from health coaches saying to me, well, what kind of contracts did you make? Do I need those contracts? So that's when the work started for real. And I sat down for weeks and drafted the whole suite of contracts that a coach or service-based entrepreneur needs to protect herself and her business. And started offering that to health coach colleagues and health coach friends. And I really didn't even realize how few people have those contracts in place. I never thought I was going to go back to practicing law again. I really didn't get my health coaching certification so that I would understand what a health coach needs, but it certainly stood me in good standing to understand exactly what a coach needs to run a successful business. 
And so that's how I went from lawyer to health coach to lawyer again for coaches. So um, it's a story with some twists and turns, and it's a little hard to tell, right? Because I have to blow the whistle on my own, um, you know, my own not taking care of my own business and not realizing the things that I needed to make sure that I didn't get drama and screwed over in my business. But now I've turned all of those, you know, try to get the lemonade, the lemonade out of the lemons, right? So I've turned that experience, which was, you can imagine, not what I was planning, not, not how I was planning things to go, but I've managed to turn it into this incredible opportunity where now I serve women and help them have peace of mind so that they know that the hard work and investments that they're putting into their business are protected, which of course then frees them up to focus on their bigger missions to put out the welcome mat to a bigger business and to create more success for themselves. So I'm really grateful how it turned out, but that's how I got here to be a lawyer and business protector for entrepreneurs. You have such an amazing story and I did not know a big part of that. Thank you for sharing it. And I think I have so much I'd like to unpack around this. So Please. first, let's kind of start at the beginning. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I know you said you went and you did all of these like super interesting things and nothing really seemed to work. How did you decide to really start like changing up um, some of the fundamentals? Yeah. So I always say to people, you know, I've, I've nine years off of sugar and wheat now, and I'm very, very strict. And people always say at the table, you know, but don't you want bread? And I say, hmm, I don't. And they're like, but aren't you tempted when you're in a wheelchair? You don't have a choice. You have to, you have to make changes. You have to figure out, try everything you know, maybe not everybody, but that's the kind of person I am. I used my body as a barometer, as a lab experiment to let me know which things were working, which things weren't working. Most of them didn't work, but I think that it's that perseverance. I've always been a really determined, dedicated person. You don't get through a top law school and take the bar and have your own practice unless you have a lot of fierce determination and tenacity already inside so, but I had never really turned it on myself, as I explained. So yeah, it was just in my nature to want to walk again. On your eight-year healing quest around the globe, it, you said you did like juice fasts and those sorts of things. Months. Did, did you? Yeah, the juice fast, because we all talk about, you know, a juice fast for a week, right? Or a 14-day yeah. juice fast. No, 18 months. Oh my gosh. How did you decide? Like, how did you decide what you were going to do? And like, did you have anyone guiding you during this time or were you just kind of trying various things on your own? So I think that I was in part instinct led. Mm -hmm. So I had this rule at the time that anything that I heard twice, I investigated. So the juice protocol is, is, a, is an, it's actually an anti-cancer protocol. It's called the Gerson healing method or G-E-R-S-O-N. And the first time I heard of Gerson, I dismissed it. But the second time that someone came to me and said, you know, I had this friend who had cancer, which is not what I had, but, and she was healed by following this protocol. Do you think you should check it out? And of course, for me, that was the two, that was the two mention rule. So I used my instinct. And when I heard things that sounded interesting, I followed them. Um, similarly, uh, I, somebody mentioned Oh, I heard about this Lyme healing protocol in New Mexico. And have you ever thought about anything like this? And I didn't think about anything like this. And then somebody recommended the book to me that the Lyme healing protocol gentleman, Stephen Buhner, 
had written. And my husband and I, we were living in San Diego at the time. We got in the car and we drove to New Mexico to Stephen Buhner's ranch and met him and the woman who was running his protocols at the time and got a whole protocol of really extensive herbs. You know, herbs, and, and you know this, Amy, herbs can be stronger than any pharmaceutical we've got out there, right? Yeah. Depending on how you use them and what combination you put them in. So, you know, just as these, these herbs have kind of cleansing properties, they also have antibacterial, antimicrobial properties. And so I just, well, I tried everything. You know, that's the, the short answer is I tried everything. Everything that I could learn about I had enormous notebooks, these binders filled with just notes of my own. I read every book that I could read on. I kept getting misdiagnosed throughout the eight years with all different kinds of chronic diseases that a new doctor, you know, I'd go to, and I'd fly to San Francisco and go to a new doctor and he would be convinced that this is what I had, you know, X, Y, or Z. So I would go back home and I would just get every book from Amazon or out of the library that I could and watch videos and read everything I could and say, you know, does this actually fit? So I didn't have anyone guiding me for a long time until I went to the hospital in Switzerland. I met a doctor there, Frank Ployce, and he, for the next year and a half, kind of supervised my case. I was able to write to him um, in between and say, okay, I'm going to be trying this new crazy, crazy um, treatment protocol or this or that. And so I did have him in my corner. And then when the hospital in Arizona, that's a bit of like an adjunct property to the one in Switzerland, just practicing the same kind of medicine, what's called biological medicine, meaning bio, meaning life and logical, meaning makes sense. Right. And this is a branch of medicine that is committed. How can I explain it? Above all, committed to using the body's own systems to heal. So the thinking is, and, and in my case, what actually worked was if we can jumpstart and wake up that immune system again, if we can get that immune system working the way it's supposed to for itself again, it will take care of the pathogenic problems that are in the body, right? So we never went after pathogens. We never, for example, went after spirochetes, although I was diagnosed along many, many other things with Lyme disease. I did see spirochetes with chronic late stage Lyme, not early stage Lyme that may or may not be handled by antibiotics, but late stage Lyme that had been dormant for, for decades and then had just a perfect storm. You know, I was so totally stressed out and my, and not feeding my system the way that we must. And so these uh, illnesses were able to take hold. What else? Epstein-Barr, mononucleosis, uh, a uh, pneumonia that I was never able to shake from a time when I was in Switzerland in my early 20s that I had gotten pneumonia, pseudomonas, and had never been able to, to conquer it. All of these different pathogens. One theory of conventional medicine is let's go after the pathogens. Let's clean out the body, wipe out the body, use antibiotics, use strong healing protocols to cure the body and rid the body of pathogens, right? And of anything that doesn't belong in the body, any bacteria, and try to do what we can for the viruses. That's not exactly the way that I eventually went about it. What I went about was strengthening the body's own systems to uh, take care of the problems itself. And that's what worked for me. I'm not, I don't know if that will work for everyone, but I do know that in the face of disease that disease and imbalance that no doctors could cure by shifting the focus from 
what was wrong to what can we help go right? What can we build up? What can we restructure in the body, in the systems to make sure that everything is running optimally? Those things were the things that actually were able to allow my body to get back to the business, the homeostasis of being in line and being doing the tasks that our bodies are really designed to do, right? We have our immune systems to keep out infection. Mine was no longer doing its job, right? And certainly being on chemotherapy and immune suppressants of methotrexate and Enbrel and Simsia for over a year was akin to telling those, uh, you want to think of the immune system as like little army, right? An army that's out there fighting in the body. Well, immune suppressants to me, my understanding, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not trained in the medical field. I'm just a very experienced patient and patient advocate is that there are immune suppressants basically telling the army guys, don't worry, go back to the barracks and have a nap. You're not needed. When what I needed was all the army guys that I could possibly muster. I needed something to help my immune system fight. So it was really just finding which kind of medicine for me. And it turned out it wasn't conventional and it wasn't even really alternative. It was this other arm of medicine that looks at strengthening the body's own defenses and own offenses and forces in order to help the body heal. And that sounded like a really big turning point for you. So at that point, when you started focusing on strengthening your own immune system, it sounds like that's when you started seeing progress. Yes, definitely. What things were you doing like as far as nutrition goes at that point? Yeah. So being on a juice fast is of course vegan, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, there's not going to be any animal protein in, in, in green juice, right? So I had been vegan for so long on first 18 months on the juice fast. And then when I transitioned and when that didn't work after the 18 months when they thought it would work and it didn't, and I only was getting sicker and sicker. That's when I first went to Switzerland and started on a homeopathic IV protocol, homeopathics and IV nutrients and minerals, and continued to be vegan for that entire year that I tried that protocol. And when I got to Scottsdale, and then the hospital in Scottsdale opened, the American Center for Biological Medicine in Scottsdale, Arizona opened. And I was able to start, I started seeing some progress and what the, what my doctor there was recommending started working. And he said to me, you're going to have to start incorporating. He said, I think what's going to help you is you're going to have to start incorporating some animal protein into your diet. After having been vegan for two and a half years and feeling like I had really detoxed my body from a lot of the um, irritants that had come on board, and some of them, I'm sure, were from the uh, chicken breasts that I ate as a child, the microwave chicken breasts that were filled with antibiotics and hormones. As a kid, you know, growing up in the 80s, we didn't know about any of the things that we do. You know, we didn't, organics wasn't even a choice, right? It was just one kind of chicken, right? So yeah. I was really resistant and I kept saying, I'm not eating animal protein. I just don't want to. I just got my body super clean. I just want to eat clean, clean vegetables. And I really wasn't even eating grains and some just vegetables and very light fruit. And my doctor said, okay, well, you'll be back here in 12 weeks. Go ahead and go 12 weeks. Don't eat any animal protein and we'll see how far you get. And so I went back to San Diego and then 12 weeks later, drove back out to Scottsdale, Arizona, still in my motorized wheelchair, 
still going from place to place in the wheelchair, dragging myself from room to room. And, you know, when I wasn't in the wheelchair, just like on, you know, crawling on my hands and knees to get in, in my own house to get to the bathroom because things were so rough. And he said to me, what if I, what if I'm right? Right. Have I been, I think he said, have I been right about anything else so far? And I said, yeah, you've been right about a lot of things. He said, well, what if I'm right about this? He said, what if you just try some Turkey, right? Just you'll go home for another 12 weeks. And what about if in this 12 weeks you start eating some Turkey? And when I went back to the hospital 12 weeks later, I walked through the front door. So he was right. And animal protein was, I was so fatigued and so depleted of energy. I didn't have to give up my incredible vegetable lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like broccoli is my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> it's like, I just love like candy to me. I didn't have to give that up, but I had to add in once a day animal protein. And what he explained to me is that animal protein, like for example, dark meat turkey is a, what he calls a slow burning log on the fire. That cooked kale is gone like that. In a snap, it goes in the body. You know, if it's cooked, it's already broken down, right? Not raw kale because we have to cook that in our digestive system. But cooked kale or cooked broccoli or an orange, those things go in quickly. The body processes them. The energy is used as fuel and then it's over. But what he explained is that meat, animal protein, is a slow burning log on the fire. So what you get while you're digesting and while you're getting those amino acids from animal protein what you're getting is slow fuel that lasts throughout the day. That's longer burning. And you can imagine once I was walking from Turkey, it was white meat Turkey at the time, um, which seemed somehow easier to me. I progressed and I started eating fish and only completely what I call proper meat, which I know is not a technical term, but that means meat that animal proteins that are very responsibly sourced and only sustainable, not just for the environment, but also for my body. So very, very clean, high quality, responsibly sourced animal protein. Plus I eat a fair amount of nuts. I eat a lot of vegetables, lots and lots at every meal, one half to more of my plate is vegetables. I eat a lot of healthy, nutritious oils every single day. Um, and I just drink water. That's really my only liquid of choice. I stay away from, I've been nine years clean of sugar. I haven't had any refined sugar in nine years. The only sugar I've had is from fruit and, um, you know, certain foods break down into sugars, but I haven't had any wheat. I find that those things just were irritating my system and didn't make it easier for me to keep walking and keep doing the things that I love. So that's really my diet now. And that's the diet that I have set up when I was a health coach. That's what I taught people that they could be eating. You could be eating like this. I had a plate set up and more than half of it is vegetables because I just love them. But I also think that that's a really great source of all the different rainbows, all the, you know, the rainbow of colors of foods. And that's a really great way that we get all of those. We can ensure that we get all of those vitamins and minerals into our systems. Your story really just underlines to me how important it is to be listening to your own body and kind of following your intuition through this whole journey. As you mentioned towards the end of your story, you got back into practicing law after being a health coach and started from your own kind of bad experience, started really working on legal protections for health coaches. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, of course. So it definitely was born out of my own 
darkness and my own terrible experience. And it's, you know, when I was, I think about it like this, when I was a district attorney and a private attorney, that was a job where I was cleaning up messes after they had happened. And those victims and those cases came to me and to my office after the bad things had happened. And what we were trying to do was set the world, set justice back in its proper balance. Well, the great thing about what I do now working with entrepreneurs is we can do, we can put legal structures in place so that those bad things never have to happen, right? I heard someone yesterday on a podcast I was listening to say that there are two kinds of business owners, one who have had legal troubles and the, so some who have had legal troubles and the others who will have legal troubles. I thought that was really interesting. You know, I like to say, if I've learned one thing in my 25 years of being an attorney, it is that into every business, a little drama will flow. And so knowing that, and, you know, we don't know when crimes are going to happen, but if we know that there is going to be some kind of drama with our, with our business practices, what we can do is put legal protections in place before anything happens ahead of the curve so that we're not cleaning up the messes so that we're defy what I heard yesterday on that podcast about the two kinds of business entrepreneurs. What I want to do is make a third category, right? Let's make a third category, which is smart, savvy business owners who know that legal thunderstorms, as I like to call them, can happen, but aren't going to happen to them because they've protected themselves before those things come into place. So what does that look like? So this is about putting legal structures into your business, like contracts and agreements that, of course, do the obvious thing that, you know, that's obvious to everyone, right? They reduce the risks of doing business and they make it safer for you to do business. So everybody, I think, can understand and, and, and automatically know when they hear legal protections for business, they understand legal protections protect you, your hard work, and your business. But what a lot of people don't realize, and I know Amy and I, you and I were just talking about this before we got on the call, all of these incredible side benefits that come from legal protections that I get to help business owners put into their businesses. And some of those things are, they help you to figure out what's important for your business. How are you going to run your business? How are you going to create your business policies? So for many people, they haven't even thought about what their business policies are. But legal protections, because they guide you step-by-step step to figure out what, how you are going to run your business, what are your business policies, they allow you to figure out those business policies and then articulate them and communicate them to everyone that you do business with. So that anyone who comes into contact with your business knows how you run your business and what they can expect and not expect when working with you as a business. They also set up boundaries. So we all know that in our personal lives, if we don't have boundaries, then there are not clear expectations with anybody that we don't have boundaries with, right? And our toes get stepped on. But what happens is a lot of people don't set up boundaries and don't create expectations in their business. So they end up with confusion, disappointments, and like, Aggravation. That's a good way to just say it. Aggravation. And I think this is especially important. A lot of my clients 
are heart-centered entrepreneurs, mission-driven entrepreneurs. And it's so important because I find a lot of these women and a couple of men really have trouble saying no. So what happens is they end up with a business that's uh, not really being as profitable and as clean and clear as it could be if they had legal agreements in place. Because the legal documents, which we don't even think about this as a benefit, but what they do is they make it easier to stick to your guns with clients and anybody else you work with without ever having to be the bad guy. So sort of looks like this. If you don't have a refund policy in place, which I highly recommend you do, if you don't have a refund policy in place and a client comes to you and says, well, you know, I'm not really getting the results or I've decided I want to go with this other program and I'd like my money back and you don't have a refund policy in place, you have to be the bad guy and either bad guy one way or the other and either say, well, I don't give refunds and they'll say, well, where was that written? And you'll say it wasn't, it just is. Or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, which I can imagine would be pretty tough to be challenged in that way, then you give the money back and now you've lost money in your business, which is you being a bad guy to your own business, right? But when you have legal agreements in place and have many of these expectations and boundaries laid out clearly, then you're able to just stay out of the drama and freely and lightly say, it's the policy of my business that, for example, we only give refunds until seven, seven days, or we only give refunds 24 hours after your first session with us, right? Or it's a digital download and we don't give refunds. And this way, entrepreneurs are able to lean on these legal structures and they don't even have to engage and they keep things really clean and easy and drama free, which is one of these benefits that we didn't even think about. They also make you feel, and this is, I say to everybody, warning, when you put your legal and documents in place, you are going to feel super legit, maybe for the first time, because what they do is they turn your business from perhaps just something that's sort of hodgepodge altogether into a legitimate business with foundations, proper foundations at the bottom level and a structure and an organization so that everyone that you work with sees you as more polished and professional. So of course you get better collaboration offers. You attract clients who come to you who are ready to do that work because you're putting out that welcome mat. You're putting, I'm a big believer in energetics and you're putting out this energy into the world of I'm a grown up business and I'm ready to do business with other clients and businesses who also take themselves seriously. So you put, put out this welcome mat that says, I'm really serious about everything I've invested in my business and I'm a professional running a well-organized and structured business. And the final thing that I think that we don't realize that I love to call, you'll, you'll get this once I go a little deeper into it, legal agreements put what I call a barking dog in your business. So what does that mean? Well, if a thief is going to rob a house and they get up to the front door and they hear a dog barking inside, like even if it's just a little Pomeranian, they say, you know what? I bet that house next door has the same exact plasma screen LCD TV and they don't have a dog, let's go rob them instead. So the right legal documents on your website, with your clients, with anyone that you work with, act like a, uh, like a deterrent. And they actually discourage people from seeking refunds, skipping out on owed payment, 
stealing your content, suing you, because it's a lot easier to go after somebody who doesn't have legal agreements, a business without a barking dog. And you know, just before we move off this point, I just want to be clear. I think that the actual risk for you as a business owner to get sued is a long shot. But as I said, in my experience, 25 years working with, with businesses and as a lawyer, I know one thing for certain, and that is that when you are an entrepreneur, at some point, you are going to have some drama come into your business, especially as you grow, because everyone does sooner or later. Because when you're doing business with other people and money is changing hands and you're sharing your content that you've created in a public way, you're opening yourself up to uncertainty and chaos and trouble. You're leaving yourself vulnerable, yourself, your business, and your hard work vulnerable. And without legal documents to define and protect you, just like I did, you're leaving yourself exposed to how other people operate. So that allows all of this different kinds of drama to penetrate and flow into your business. But by using legal protections, which is what I do, helping entrepreneurs put legal protections into place in their businesses, you protect yourself and your business. So that's what I love about what I do, because it doesn't only just reduce or mitigate the risks of working. It doesn't just take that you know, that, that uh, soft convertible top that you're driving around town with all the holes in it, right? It's not just like you've put a hard top over your convertible and plugged up all of the potential holes that you've got, but you're also setting yourself, your business up in a completely different way and taking it, like I have seen it time and time again, automatically you're taking it to that next level. You're bringing yourself to that next level professionally immediately just by putting your documents in place. It's like magic. I, I love what I do. I think you can kind of tell I get pretty jazzed up about it. I actually worked with you to do this and it was recommended by the coach that I was working with on my business. And one of the things I kept saying was like, oh, I'm so like nervous because I knew I didn't have what I needed, but I didn't really know what I needed. And I was just uneasy about a lot of the legal stuff. Um, and she said, oh, I have this person you have to meet. And so that's how I came to find you. And I think the process you have laid out to work with people is really so straightforward and so easy. And it was actually much easier than I expected. But when I talked with you, the one thing that stood out to me the most was your analogy about the barking dog. Yeah, let's give a quick example of that, super quick. So for example, and, and I think we're going to talk about which documents your entrepreneurs listening actually need, but just right before we get into that, um, one document, for example, is your website terms and conditions. And this is the super dry, really long, boring document that's kind of like the rules in the Monopoly game that are like seven pages long and nobody actually reads the rules. But this, what, what is included inside this terms and conditions and remember, your terms and conditions is not for a client that you're working with, right? This is just an agreement and a contract between you and your website visitors. It's just going to govern or control what's going to happen on your website. So where's the barking dog? In your terms and conditions, it says, and this is, you know, Amy, this is in yours and in, in mine that I provide to everyone I work with. It says, if you are a paying client, the cap on the amount that you can recover from me if you have any kind of a problem, the cap that you can recover is the amount of money that you paid in services to purchase my services. So let's say that's a $1,500 service. That's the cap on what a paying customer can get back from you if there's any problem from anything that happened. 
However, if you are not a paying customer who is just a website visitor, then the cap is $100. Now, most people are going to see that $100 number. And if they're one of these unfortunate people who do make trouble on the internet, they're going to see that $100 and they're going to say, you know what? It's not even worth making a problem for her. But there are people who just go combing through the internet and look for people who they can make trouble with. That's an unfortunate reality. Content swipers and people looking to make trouble. But people are going to see that that person who's trying to make trouble is going to see that $100 number and she's going to say it's not even worth going after. It just gives you a peace of mind that you wouldn't otherwise have. Peace of mind allows you to share more freely. So there are some key elements um, in the contracts and the documents that you created that really help wellness entrepreneurs. Would you want to go over those with me? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. So I have a method that I've created called the legal umbrella method. And that's, of course, you know, many, many cute metaphors about, you know, protecting yourself rain or shine. But the serious part about it is that an umbrella is what you take outside when it's going to be raining. So I use the letters in the word umbrella to explain the key elements that every entrepreneur needs in order to protect themselves and their business. So the letter U is for unique content. This is all of the original content that you create and you put out there. So it's um, everything that you put out on your website, it's your worksheets, it's your, your, your techniques and strategies that you come up with. People don't always re- realize that there's a value on everything that you create in your business and you share and put out there with your clients, or maybe on a blog post, maybe videos. Of course, this podcast, Amy, this is one of your intellectual properties. This is one of your unique contents that belongs to you. And we made sure when we were doing your documents that you were protecting you you unique content. M in umbrella is for money. So the ways you cover your money is you have a refund policy, whether you have extended payment plans, chargebacks, because I'll tell you what, when clients who are clear on your policies come to you, they end up paying. When you have sort of wishy-washy money policies and you don't have clear policies built into your business and into your agreements, your legal structures that clients sign before money changes hands, that's when the problems happen. That's when people are dragging their feet with payments and asking for refunds and the dreaded threat of chargebacks. So we've got to make sure that we protect your money. You work hard to make your income and the right legal structures will make sure that you keep and protect that income. UMB. B is for brand. That's your logo, your tagline, your names, the colors on your website. You know, in 2019, I had three different coaches come to me whose entire programs had been swiped one by a former two by a former clients and one of those the thieving offender didn't even change the branding it was one of those uh, logos with a circle with sort of the wheat stalks on either side and she just changed the two initials to from the coach's initials from her coach's initials to her own initials and just put the entire program back out there for someone else. So we've got to make sure that we protect all of that brand so that nobody can swipe and steal. Your brand is money in the bank. That's something that you've built that has a lot of value. And the right legal agreements are going to make sure that you protect that brand. UMBR. R is for relationships. So that's relationships with your clients, with your collaborators, 
with, you know, anybody you do a joint venture with or anybody that you hire, if you're going to hire someone temporarily on your team or permanently on your dream team. And that's also anyone who you potentially partner with and anyone who's a referral partner for you. So these relationships have to be protected. That's through your client agreements with your disclaimers. It's how things are going to go if there is a dispute, if either party wants to terminate, who's getting what, who's responsible for what, and what are the expectations? It goes back to those boundaries we talked about earlier. So when you protect those relationships, you're, that's where you're going to be putting those boundaries in place so that everyone knows what they're getting, what they're not getting, what's expected of them, what's promised by the entrepreneur or the owner of the business, what's promised by the client. And this way we keep everything really safe and, and protected. You can, I think you can start to see that without any agreements, everything is just left to chance. And that's never a good place to leave it in your business. So that's our relationships. We've got U-M-B-R-E. E is your E presence. This is your entire, what I call your online empire. So it's your website. It's your podcast, your YouTube channel, all of your social media channels. It's everything that you put out online. It's every email that you write to clients. We've got to protect the content. We've got to make sure that you're not being held to be responsible for something that isn't in line with your responsibility. We've got to make sure you've got a privacy policy right there on your website so that if you're collecting information from anyone, you know, a name, an email, you know, right there on your contact form or on your, if somebody's going to be able to sign up on your newsletter in exchange for a free gift or an opt-in, we've got to make sure that we're disclosing our privacy policy before that. And of course, again, protecting all of that content on your entire e-presence. And then the last three letters are LLA. And this is sort of a bonus point, right? We've already connected your unique content, your money, your brand, your relationships, and your e-presence. The LLA is love my life attitude or your sanity, because that's what's going to be the bonus when you protect all of these other things. I will promise you, when you have some kind of drama coming into your business, you have a client who's complaining, wants a refund, you get a phone call from a friend saying, I think your entire program or your whole, even just your whole blog is posted under somebody else's website. When you wake up that next morning to sit down at your desk to go to work, I promise you, you are not going to have a love my life attitude. You are going to say, why didn't I get these protections in place beforehand? So none of these things could happen to me. Why didn't I protect myself? So I like to think of the love my life, love your life attitude as sort of that bonus point of protecting your sanity, your tranquility, and making sure that you're able to keep loving your business and keep going in this positive direction of growth rather than have some bad apple topple the whole apple cart for you. And I think it goes back to that energy, like how you were talking about like the energy that you're putting out there is really so important. And I think having these things all buttoned up and knowing and having that confidence that I think lets you put out the right energy into the world and around your business as well. Yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. And I think people can feel that. What I see time and time again is an entrepreneur will put contracts and agreements onto her business and into place on her website and in her business and all of a sudden, she's up-leveled the clients who she's attracting. That happens all the time. I mean, you really thought of everything with this, I think, at least. I know there are a number of agreements in there. 
So for people who might be interested in working with you, like how does this look, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So there are three documents that you have to have on your website. And I always say, whether you get them from me or you get them from someone else, please just protect yourself. Um, and as well, if you already have them, I would love to take a look and make sure that they're covering you adequately. I, big pet peeve of mine, as Amy knows, is people spending money that they don't need to spend. So if you've got them and they're, you think they're already protecting you, let me have a look and let me see. So what documents are those? And, and we'll make sure that they are covering you, right? Here we go. What do we need on our website? We need our first and foremost privacy policy. This is the law. You have to have a privacy policy on your website. Everybody heard a lot about GDPR last summer. All of the documents in my package are GDPR compliant. So you do not have to worry there. Everything will be protecting you going forward. So you need your privacy policy. If you are collecting anything on your website, names, address, email addresses, you're giving away a freebie, you've got to have a privacy policy. Two, your disclaimer. Um, I think in many ways, this is the most important thing for a business owner to have out there. It is the first thing that you need. I call it the number one priority. It is a disclaimer allows you to communicate to everyone who reads it, what you do, and more importantly, what you don't do. So what capacity you're working in and what capacity you're not working in. So for a wellness professional, we want to make sure that everyone knows that anything that we say is not intended to diagnose, cure, treat, or heal any illness. And we're working in our capacity as a wellness professional and not as a doctor, nurse, or a naturopath. Unless, of course, you are one of those things. Like, Amy, you're a pharmacist, and we custom tweak your documents to reflect that, to let your coaching clients know what capacity you're working at at that point and what, when you're working as a pharmacist to keep those things really safe for you. So that's really important, guys. That's your disclaimer. You've got to have your disclaimer because I think your disclaimer is so important. I give you three different versions of your disclaimer. I want that puppy on everything before you put it out in the world. You want to put your disclaimer on every piece of content before you put it out there. You just put your disclaimer on the bottom, button it up, put on that rain, that rain jacket, galoshes, overcoat, and get yourself safe. The third thing that you need on your website is your website terms and conditions. This is that super dry, really boring document. It's a little bit like the rules of Monopoly. It's gonna articulate everything that you need for your website if anything is to go wrong. This is where your content, your, your copyright and content protections are. This is where clients are gonna go to see how any disputes are gonna be handled. I love an arbitration clause. I love to keep everyone out of the courthouse. Nothing, nothing great ever happens for a business in the courthouse, but in an arbitration, we find a middle ground that makes everybody comfortable and makes everyone happy. So those are your three documents you need on your website. Privacy policy, disclaimer, terms and conditions. Then, of course, you need everything to work with real people, right? The heart of any business is our clients. So you need your client agreements. Those are your one-on-one -on -one agreements and any group agreements. That's if you're having a mastermind, if you're having a group, uh, group coaching, anything that you're doing where you're bringing people into your business, we want to make sure that we cover all of those relationships. And then there are a couple of marketing documents that help keep you safe when you're being visible because when you're being visible, in, especially in the in online world where you're working with people that you might possibly never even meet face-to-face, -face, we just want to keep you as safe as possible. So we want to put documents on there to govern that. So we're getting to the end of the interview and I like to ask everybody the same two questions. So the first thing I would love to know is what does the word nourish mean to you? 
Oh, that's so great. I love that you asked me that. Um, what does nourish mean to me? Uh, it means to, to fill myself up with things that are good for my soul. So that includes fresh food, like broccoli, uh, lots of clean water, sunshine and laughter. I, I feel the most nourished when I'm with my friends and my husband, when I'm on the beach or, or somewhere next to the water, or when I'm, when I'm hiking in tall, tall trees. Oh, I love that. And what is the one thing you do consistently for self-care? I meditate every single day, no matter what. It is what I call my non-negotiable morning practice, no matter what, even if I have to get up 45 minutes earlier just to make an early morning appointment. I find that that time sitting quietly on the mat, first I stretch and then I sit quietly on the mat and I do a mantra meditation. I've been meditating for about 20, 25 years now. And um, it's evolved over the over the decades. And what I'm into now, maybe the last five, six years, I've been into these mantras. And I just feel that that sets my day up with a spaciousness and a clarity for the rest of the day. Sometimes I can hear the chanting. I mean, my inside, you know, it's quiet. It's inside my own mind. I can hear that kind of resonating in my mind over like the first couple hours in the morning. That's when I know I've had a really good session is when I can still hear myself feeling almost the bells of those mantras over and over in my mind, like a beautiful uh, music that, that carries me through my morning. Oh, I love that. I love mantra meditation. And just you describing that, it just so clearly brings to mind like that exact feeling. Thank you for sharing that. So I know people are going to want to find out about you. And like I said, I highly, highly recommend that they reach out to you and work with you. Your packages are amazing um, and really do help set up those legal protections that I think everyone needs. So how can people find you? Yeah. So two ways. My website is lanelyons.com. It's got two Y's. I've got a Y in my first name and my last name. So it's L-A-Y-N-E-L-Y-O-N-S.com. And you can go there to read any read more about me, my story, my packages, what I offer, how we can work together. Um, you'll get a lot of answers to a lot of questions. And the best way also is to go to the website bookwithlane.com. And what that will do, that's a short application for what I call my rainy day readiness call, help you get ready for a rainy day. We'll go ahead and we'll, we'll hop on a call. You'll send me what you have. If you have it, I'll take a look at it. And if you don't have it, that's great. We'll start from scratch. Sometimes that's even easier. And we'll meet and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about your exact business. And so I'll help you figure out what you do need. Again, a pet peeve of mine is people getting stuff they don't need. So I want to make sure you don't buy anything that you don't need, but if you do need it, I want to make sure you have it. So let's hop on a call, go to bookwithlane.com. I'm always enthusiastic. I have such amazing, amazing clients and I would love to meet you. Awesome. And I will link everything up in the show notes. I really appreciate you talking with us today and sharing your story and your personal journey and how you came into this amazing work. Thank you so much for listening to Nourish and Shine. I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you'll leave me a review on iTunes so that more people can hear the podcast. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to hear your questions, so please send them my way. Also, you can check out my website. It's amysapola.com. 
I hope that today's interview provided you with some inspiration and practical advice to nourish your mind, body, and spirit, optimize your health, and to live a whole vibrant life. Please join me again next week for another amazing interview. Have a wonderful week.